Welcome to the More Than More podcast, education edition, where we help you build a better business. All right, Angela here with another education um, series edition, I should say. And today I have with me um, our very own Miss Brooke Yupa. Um, Say hi, Brooke. Hi. All right. And so today um, we're just doing a quick overview of um, the course that we actually did this morning. So we taught our brand new um, new version of our Financial 201, um, kind of that second step after your survival um, survival course and financial. Um, so we had we just wanted to do a quick wrap up, come some key takeaways from that course this morning. So. Um, Five main things that we talked about this morning, Brooke, um, we kind of broke it into one, allocating business income, two, tracking business expenses, forming an S corporation, self-employed retirement options, and investing in real estate. So I just want to kind of give one or two key takeaways or um, tips and tricks, one for each of these things. So um, let's go ahead and kick off with um, allocating business income. I mean, we didn't, this one was, we didn't spend a ton of time on this one, but just in generally kind of some good reminders or key thoughts on how we allocate our business income? Yeah, so this is a pretty easy uh, thing to understand and to start doing, honestly, the, the second you start earning uh, money in real estate. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that a third um, will go back into your business, a third will go um, to pay yourself personally, and then a third will go towards taxes. Um, and so I, I get the question all the time, which we talked about on the last uh, podcast that I was on, yeah. how much to save for taxes. So 33% might be high, might be low, uh, definitely something you can consult with your CPA on. Mm-hmm. But as a general rule of thumb, a third of it going into a, a tax account it doesn't have to be a separate account, but at least somewhere where you're saving that money for taxes. Um, again, a third going back into any expenses that you have for your business, yeah. and then a third of it, just make sure you are paying yourself. So starting from the beginning, yeah. you want to yeah. make sure that you're paying yourself. It it will only make it easier as your business grows to keep paying yourself. Yeah. So like a third, a third, a third isn't always perfect, but it's a good way to just kind of think about it if you're unsure to where to go and then talk to your CPA about it. But again, like we talk, uh, talked about in the very first one as well, like everything comes in through a business account first or either that yep. flow should kind of come there and then a third of it stays there. A third of it comes out to, for taxes. A third of it comes out for your, um, to pay yourself. Yep. Yep. And like I said, that's just a general rule. doesn't have to be exactly what you do, but it's definitely a good starting place. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Tracking business expenses. So this kind of takes that idea, um, of stuff that's in your business and starting to think about, um, what your money is actually being spent on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some recommendations you have in this tracking your business expenses section? Um, so the first recommendation is to actually start doing it. Hey, I track uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's no different than than your personal expenses at home. You actually have probably very little idea how much you're spending on any specific thing. Totally true. Um, like I know personally, I think I spend so much money on groceries and then I add it up at the end of the month and it's usually higher than I thought. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, um, it's no different for business. Um, definitely the first step is to start tracking and I always recommend that they use an app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to stray towards QuickBooks. That's what I use for all of my agents. Yeah. Um, it is not the only option, but it is a very good option. Yeah, what um, were the couple of the, sorry to interrupt, the other app options that you did share today that I hadn't heard of? Yeah, so um, Zoho Books is one okay. that is free as long as your gross receipts are under 50000 
Um, okay. So starting out, that would be a great option. Okay. Um, and then the other one is zero. So okay. it's actually spelled X-E-R-O, yeah. but I okay. think it's pronounced zero. Yeah. Um, that one I think is like $12 a month. QuickBooks runs about $15 a month. Okay. Um, all of them are pretty much going to have the same functionality. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of depends on what you prefer. Okay. Um, like I said, QuickBooks is, is what is my go-to anyway. Um, all of them will enable you to connect your accounts. Yes. So you already have separate business accounts because I know everybody already did that. Uh-huh. Um, and so you just connect those business accounts, it pulls in your transactions and you categorize them. Um, it's really simple, and then at the end of the month, you can generate a P&L that actually mm-hmm. tells you what your business is actually making for you after all of your business expenses. Right. So um, with that profit and loss statement, one, categorizing them just helps you with that profit and loss statement know where the funds are going, right? So yep. what are we looking at on a monthly basis with that profit profit and loss, ideally, if we're looking at it monthly? Yeah, so... Um, I, ideally, you would like to be at a profit. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not at a profit, uh, again, it's no different than what you would do in your personal budget. Uh, you need to go through your expenses and see, you know, where you could trim some expenses. And yeah. and if your goal is, say, to save, so uh, we always recommend three to six months worth of business expenses yeah, in a savings good. account. Yeah. Um, and so if that's your goal, where can you cut expenses so that you actually enable yourself to Start do saving. so? Absolutely. Yep. Good. Yep. Okay. You can't improve upon what you don't measure. So got to start exactly. tracking, got to measure it, and then actually have to look at it as well. Yes. Yeah. You actually actually have to look at it. <laughs> okay. Just having it does not cut it. Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. All right. Good. So next um, next up was the topic of S-Corporation. I sp- feel like we spent a lot of time on this um, this morning, and there were some really great questions. So I think the main focus for our purpose here, um, why and when, right? Mm-hmm. Um so this is kind of assuming you're already living in potentially an LLC space. Um, I guess my the biggest question we get is then when do I switch to an S corporation and why would I want to do that? Yeah. So yes, this does assume that you already have an LLC formed. Um, you're probably a few years into into the business. Yeah. Um, when does it make sense and when is it technically allowed? Oh, that's yeah. Good. Um, it makes sense when somebody else is generating income, so taxable business income for your business. Yeah. Uh, and so that justification comes in, and um, whereas when you you are the only one working for you, yeah. you are 100% self-employed, uh, when somebody else is helping you generate some of that income, you're no longer 100% self-employed. Got it. Um, and so you are able to make the transition from all of your business income being taxed as self-employment income to mm-hmm. only a portion of your business income being taxed as self-employment income. Um, so you must have someone en- engaged um, right. in service for you. So it yes. could be um, it could be an administrative assistant. It could be um, maybe you have a marketing person that you're paying on a consistent Good. basis. Yeah. Somebody you have contracted with to pay them on a regular basis to actually help you with your business. Yeah. Um, I liked you even said today, like a kind of a general rule for you have thrown out like, generally like at least 20 hours a week. Like this is, I mean, it has to be pretty, you have to be able to prove it's pretty consistent. It's not just one-off transaction coordinator that I pay per closing. It is people that are consistently helping me generate the, more business. Yes. Yeah. So it's just gonna, um, in the, in the, if the off chance you were ever audited on it, uh, <laughs> yeah. it will hold up a little bit better in my opinion. 
Um, it will hold up a little bit better if you can, if you have a contract with that person, you can prove yes. um, exactly what they were doing for you. Yeah. Um, versus like if you're randomly paying an agent to show houses for you, definitely not going to fly. <laughs> not going to fly. Got it. Okay. That's good. I like the differentiation on that because that's, um, I think some people maybe are setting up S corporations too soon um, and actually shouldn't be using that yet. So um, when when you actually have other people helping generate income um, and consistently kind of rule of thumb over 20 hours a week, they're consistently doing something for you, have a contract in place, all of those things. So why, why, why do people want to make this move or why would you at that point then recommend moving to an S corporation? Um, yeah. So there are significant uh, tax savings um, for you if you do switch to an S corporation. So as I mentioned earlier, um, when you're just a single member LLC, 100% of that income is subject to self-employment tax. It's 15.3%. Uh, when you switch to an S corporation, um, the only part that is subject to self-employment taxes now is what you pay yourself. Yeah. Uh, so whatever you pay yourself in a salary is still going to be subject to the 15.3%, but the rest of your business income is just tax at your ordinary rate, and there's no additional tax on that. Good. Okay. Um, so that's actually a big reason that the IRS goes after them so often and <laughs> why don't want you to have those savings. Why, uh, <laughs> why we stress so much that don't do it unless um, you actually do qualify um, is because there is significant tax savings. Um, there are going to be additional administrative costs just because payroll costs to run payroll. Yeah. Uh, additional tax return costs to do things like that. Yeah. But I've never seen a case where the the tax savings did not outweigh the additional costs. Awesome. Um, another really important factor that I loved today was you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary. That was a, kind of the part that stood out to me today. Um, so just quickly give me a definition of what, what, what reasonable is. Because I like the way you kind of just what you're doing for your clients is kind of a way to judge it. Yeah, so um, the IRS is is the IRS, and they won't tell you what reasonable means, but they'll tell you it has to be reasonable. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, and so reasonable is is what you make it. But uh, I will say, I think I gave the example: if if your net business income was two hundred thousand for the year, and you pay yourself a salary of ten thousand, probably um, probably not, not going to be considered reasonable. Got it. Um, so the rule that the rule that I follow is it's, we'll just call it the 60, 40 rule. Okay. Um, so 60% of your net business income. So say you made a hundred thousand for the year, 60,000 is going to be paid to you as a salary. 40,000 is just going to be business income. Nice. Um, okay. that's just a, a rule that has helped. It's been tested yeah. in court a yeah. little bit and it's held up for the most part. Um, definitely not like a set in stone way that you have to do something, um, it's just a rule of thumb that I tend to follow with all of my clients. Okay, good. Okay. Um, self-employed retirement options. So I'm um, obviously at this stage in your business, you're a little ways in, you have some, you know, money and business savings. You really should start thinking about retirement options, right? Like how is this your business for life that you can then retire from someday? Um, so we just generally talked about three, even though there's more out there, right? You talked about a SEP, a simple IRA and a solo 401k. So I just want to give one little brief nugget of information on each of those if we can. Um, so a SEP, um, just tell me what it is and when it is best to use this option. Um, yeah. So this is a simplified employee pension. Um, not that that really means anything cause I don't really know what that means. <laughs> Just letters that stand for it's something. It's just letters. <laughs> um, this, uh, so this is available to anybody that has self-employment income. 
Okay. Um, it's going to be limited every year to 20% of your self-employment income. So that's net business income shown mm-hmm. on your tax return. Yeah. Um, or if you are paying yourself a wage, so if you're paying yourself a salary, yeah. it would be 25% of that salary. Okay. Um, maximum is 58000 for 2022. Um, It goes up every single year, um, and it is a pre-tax only contribution. So uh, it's a very good way to defer quite a bit of money if you're at a point in your business where that is what you're focused on. And I think I heard you say today that's probably the the biggest portion of where you've seen people putting their money for retirement is mostly in SEPs right now. Yes. Yeah, I have quite a a few people with SEPs. Um, It's a a great way to tax, like tax deferred money. a lot of people will wait until the end of the year, see what okay. their tax see what their tax bill is, and then say, "Oh yeah, I'll put this much this in much my set." Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, tell me a little bit about the simple IRA then. So the simple IRA is just a little bit different. Um, again, anyone with self employment income, um, I think you have to have a hundred or less employees. So yes. Yeah. Not, not an issue for any of us, but <laughs> uh, this one only has a fourteen thousand dollar max, and okay. it is it is also going to be pre tax only. Uh, I would only suggest using this if you think your business income is going to be under 70000 Okay. Um, so because it's not limited to the 20% right. rule. Right. So you can put 14000 in even if you had a loss for the year. Right. Like you can put that money in no matter what. Okay. Whereas with the SEP, it's going to be limited to that 20%. Okay. So it's a lower amount as far as the cap, but... Yep. Okay, good. Um, Solo 401k. So tell me about this one a little bit and why someone might want to use this instead. Uh, Yeah, this is my favorite one. Okay. (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) love talking about these. Um, Solo 401ks. uh, So this particular one, you can't have any employees. So you employ yourself. Okay. um, But no other employees on payroll. Um, Hence the solo. Yes. Uh, solo. Good. <laughs> it good. does explain itself. <laughs> um, the good thing about this one is you're contributing as the employee and you're also contributing as the employer. And the thing about the employee contribution is that it can be designated as Roth contribution. Mm-hmm. So this is the only self-employed retirement option that allows you to do a Roth contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, Which and for those of us who don't know what that means, like what's the benefit of that, the way that you just described that? Um, so Roth is going to be a post-tax contribution. So um, paying tax on it now, not paying tax on it when I draw it in retirement. Perfect. Um, okay. Whereas all of the other, the pre-tax contributions, we're not paying tax now, so we're saving money now. But, but at the end. we will pay tax on it in retirement. Good. Perfect. Um, so that's so you can do twenty thousand five hundred for twenty twenty two as a Roth contribution, and then up to fifty eight thousand um, as Total. your employer contribution. Cool. So the remaining amount is pre-tax, normal contribution, um, but you have the option to do both. Cool. All right. And why did you say this is your now your favorite? Why is it? Uh, they're, ju- they're just so cool. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, mo- actually, most of my clients are using are solo 401ks. Yep. Okay. Um, and it's just, they're, it's fun. Okay. It's <laughs> getting, it's helping them the it most is, in yeah, their tax yes, Okay. Yes. Good. I like it. All right. So our last topic um, that we covered in class this morning was investing in real estate. Um, this is kind of complicated. We talked a little bit more about the tax implications, obviously, from your end, um, passive versus active. So there's some things to consider. So I don't want to necessarily cover that here because that's got a lot of detail. But just in general, um, why? Why invest in real estate? We're realtors, right? I mean, so there's some pretty obvious answers here. Um, but just generally, when you're coaching your clients, why have you seen this be such a good thing? 
Uh, yeah. So I see it as another retirement option. Absolutely. Um, maybe even a better retirement option than uh, some of some of the ones we've already discussed. Yeah. Um, mostly because it will almost always appreciate. Uh, yes. Can't say that about the market. <laughs> <laughs> about regular um, market stock. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so appreciation, that's a, that's a big reason yeah. that we, uh, suggested, obviously I don't want to tell real estate agents that, but, right. uh, the other reason is that almost all, uh, rental properties will cash flow if they are set up correctly. Yeah. Um, so they're generating income for you on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. but, uh, for tax purposes, they are actually usually operating at a loss. So not only is it generate bringing money in uh, monthly for you, yep. it will also save you money on your taxes, even though the property is going up in value. Right, right. Uh, I mean, you're not necessarily losing money. Okay. Uh, for tax purposes, you usually are. Okay, good. That's really good. Um, okay, I think that's where we'll kind of wrap up today. So those are some really good nuggets. Um, the other two that I would just say, um, I think on your behalf, you would agree you need somebody helping you with your taxes and yes. you should probably have a financial advisor. So anything more to say on that before we call it, call it on this one? Um, I, I don't think so. Obviously I recommend a CPA to everybody. Um, and if you want in the program, let me know. <laughs> Get on and, the wait list. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you should be working with a financial advisor as well because I am not a financial advisor. So nothing I said in this context can be construed that way. Good disclosure. All right. And with that, we'll call it a day. Thanks for your time, Brooke, this morning teaching in class. It was super great. And yeah. for this, for this wrap up. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.